This is episode 85 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 85 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have another great episode for you. I feature Taylor Sears on this episode, and she is one of the two parts of the power couple that is Tay J Real Estate Investing. So if you remember back to episode 78, I had Jeremy Ivany on. Well, now I'm having his partner, Taylor on the show and she works a lot of the back end of their business. She's highly involved in making sure that all the parts work and that their property management operation works as they've grown from zero to over 30 doors in just 14 months. So originally Taylor was not interested in real estate investing. She wasn't thinking about going down that road, but after a trip to the OREC conference in London with Jeremy, they decided that they were gonna pull the trigger and go full steam ahead. So Jeremy handles much of the operation operations. Obviously, if you haven't checked out that episode, please do after you check out this one. Of course, Taylor is handling a lot of the admin, a lot of the operational to make sure that things continue to operate smoothly. So it was a really interesting conversation. Taylor has a psychology background, so she really focuses on relationships and conflict mitigation and those elements of how you can property manage in a tertiary market like Chatham, Ontario, where you might have a little bit of a rougher tenant base and you have to have better processes to make sure that you're getting the best tenant possible so that your operation can survive in the long run and of course allow you to be prosperous. So Taylor and Jeremy are nothing short of inspiring and I was honored to have both of them on this show. As always, I'd like to ask you to please make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you listen on and please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on if possible. It just helps more people to find this and it helps the podcast to grow. Without further ado, here is episode 85 with Taylor Sears. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Taylor Sears on the show. Taylor, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. For those who have already listened to or watched episode 78, Taylor and Jeremy work together with TJ. Is it TJ Investments? TJ okay. Real Estate. TJ Real Estate. So power couple that flip a lot of properties. Well, not flip, they're doing a lot of Burr properties. So Taylor, why don't you just tell, uh, you know, because a lot of people won't have listened to that one. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you do? So basically to give the rundown of Jeremy's um, podcast, we own 11 properties right now. Um, mainly in Chatham, um, other than our, our personal one, uh, which is a house hack. Um, we've, we started June last year and we've kind of just, I guess, slowly, but fastly, um, kept acquiring properties. We got our first seven, um, kind of through burrs, um, different, just different strategies. And now we're kind of focusing on joint ventures, um, and kind of growing it more as a, as a business and not just a, a hobby. Yeah, well, I can hardly describe 11 properties in, <laughs> what is it, 14 months? <laughs> that's hardly a yeah. hobby. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty aggressive growth. So you guys have done really, really well. Um, like most people are just blown away when I tell that story. I'm like, oh, you should listen to Jeremy's episode. Mm -hmm. they, uh, they bought uh, 11 <laughs> in 14 months. So um, what do you attribute that to? Like, I mean, most people can't, can't grow that fast. They can't think that big. What do you attribute that to? I think having two people, like having, having a couple both on the same page definitely helps where if you have one person doing everything, it's a lot more overwhelming. Um, and, and probably like dividing and conquering. Jeremy and I both have different roles kind of in the real estate game. 
Um, and I think having two separate roles and two people working on one thing together and cohesively probably allows us to um, keep growing a lot faster with making it less stressful versus one person doing everything by themselves. Right. And I, I think for me, my personal experience, like when you work with somebody who's on a similar wavelength, but does different part of the process, like you just push each other, right? Like, you know, one of you is, and they may be not in the uh, aggressive, want to grow mood, but the other one is, and you kind of bring each other onto each other's page. So. Yeah that's a, that's a helpful part. What part are you tackling? Um, so I'm more behind the scenes. Jeremy is a lot like, I guess currently for like attracting joint ventures and stuff, Jeremy is more on social media, um, in that sense and, and more because he's like working on renovations and has a lot of like interesting things to share. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Jeremy's more renovations on like in Chatham Monday to Friday. Um, I'm working full time, so I'm more behind the scenes. Um, I guess like helping with accounting. We have our software Buildium, so like assigning tasks, kind of like more of the manager role, I guess. So like we hired a, a property manager, um, kind of in house, like he's working as a as, as contractor for us. So before I took over working full time, I I hired him to help us and kind of help Jeremy. So kind of I guess just managing Jeremy, <laughs> I guess in a sense, and then. Uh, just behind the scenes. Property managers managing Jeremy, not <laughs> managing tenants. <laughs> no, the pro I'm, I'm managing Jeremy. The property manager is helping Jeremy assist things. Okay. So tenant stuff, are you typically handling calls with tenants, things like that? Or is that Jeremy? Um, we both kind of share the calls and communicate. Um, it's nice on, on Buildium. So preferably our tenants message on Buildium and both Jeremy and I can see it and mm -hmm. whoever it makes the most sense for, like if it's something that needs to be taken care of immediately at that time, then Jeremy can handle it. If it's a call, um, then, then I can make it. Um, and then also like we have our new property manager on there so he can also kind of do tasks and uh, mm -hmm. handle things like that. Is too. he handy? Like he can actually go out and fix stuff or he's, he's just assigning? He's more of a signing and delegating um, and helping with leasing and basically to keep Jeremy at a renovation instead of having to go and like do random things mm -hmm. at different properties. Um, that's what our property manager will be doing. Full-time? No, not full-time. <laughs> no, no, he's part-time. Yeah. Just basically whenever we need him, he also works part-time for another building. So yeah. he, he's flexible and, um, just does whatever. Oh, okay. So he's sort of uh, like a building super somewhere else and then helping you out as well. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's super handy. Um, and you're able to get this person on an hourly basis. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Cause once you start paying half a month's rent, uh, every time they lease a unit, it gets a little bit expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to Buildium, so I use Pendo, which I think is similar. You can, I don't know if they it can take requests. I've never used it like that but uh, it has a lot of property management features. Who told you to use this? Um, actually, Mike and Michelle, um, they invest in Chatham and okay. that's the software they use. I, I had some demos with like, there's a, a ton of different softwares. Um, yeah, I had demos with different ones and basically Buildium had the best customer service and demo um, mm -hmm. and then we had a recommendation. So that's kind of right. we went. And what do you pay for that? It's kind of expensive. I think it's, we pay like $70 a month and then mm -hmm. uh, it keeps going up. So after like so many units, it, it gets more expensive, but the amount of time we save and like the, the, how much our communication has increased using an app, it's totally worth it. So it goes to your phone? Yeah. So for instance, like give me some examples of how that's useful. I'm just genuinely curious and I'm sure many yeah. people are. Um, how is that useful to you on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, so like, 
anytime a tenant has a maintenance request or even like a, a silly easy one. So yesterday, for an example, a good tenant who can be uh, kind of needy, but he, he really takes care of his place. So we, we do a lot of things for him. He requested grass seed because the grass is kind of patchy. And he, so he made a maintenance request in Billium and then both Jeremy and I get it. And then we mm -hmm. can choose if we want to like make it a high, low, medium priority. If we want to do something about it, if we want to close it, if we want to assign it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, so instead of like a tenant just emailing one of us, we both are on the same page and we, we can just delegate it to somebody else or choose what we want to do. Um, same with messages. If like, if I message a tenant, Jeremy can also like hop in like a, as a three way or however many people you want. And we both can read the same messages and respond to the same ones. Um, okay. So it's main. So the main benefit is just when things go wrong, making sure that it's organized and gets delegated properly yeah. and doesn't get overlooked or missed. Exactly. Okay. How many doors are you guys working with right now? Uh, I think we're 27, 27 doors. So that's 27. Well, actually probably some of them have multiple tenants. So you're like 30, 35 prop, uh, tenants right now. Right. Uh, yeah. It's a good number of people that could ask things of you. Yep. <laughs> but most of your properties are updated, right? Um, probably about like 50% of the units are updated. Not like sometimes we'll have one unit updated and, and not mm -hmm. the other. Um, yeah. So the updated ones are a lot easier. Okay. So I imagine a lot of the, yeah, the calls you're getting are like the ones that you haven't renovated yet. This is leaking or this is happening. Yeah. It never fails on my properties. It's like the ones yep. that I didn't <laughs> renovate are just the biggest headache. Like I've had so many roof leaks and you know, this thing goes wrong or I'm trying to think. For, I had a problem that happened over like two years that we could never figure out this shower was leaking into the floor below. And we'd, we'd send somebody in, I'd, I'd pay like thousands of dollars to have a look at it happen again. I think I finally got it, but yeah, there's something to be said about renovating your own house and knowing that it was done right and done the way yeah, you Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What do you do full-time? I'm a DSW. A developmental okay. support worker. Developmental support worker. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how long have you been doing that? Um, I was doing it. So I was at Western, um, out of high school for four years for psych. And then this last year I was at Fanshawe for social services. So I've been working just part-time as a DSW throughout. And then now I have a full-time uh, mm. position, but basically I was more leaning for social work, but, um, for like for, uh, mortgage qualifications, staying at my current job and having a, mm. a full-time position is kind of best suited for, for real estate <laughs> purposes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Having, having that, but okay. So I know I talked to Jeremy about this. Um, did you, you guys bought pretty well everything together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rather than separating it. Okay. So you still got a few more though. Cause I'm assuming with your joint ventures, you're not on title in any way. Correct. Right. So you yeah. could probably pick up another, I don't know, three relatively easily. And then you'll have to start taking lower loan to value, shorter amortizations. Exactly. And we have like some that. refinances that we want to get done and mm -hmm. try to max ourselves out first. So why take on, why take on the, uh, the joint venture partners already? Like what was the incentive to do that rather than keep doing what you were doing? Cause you guys did seven properties from what I remember from Jeremy's interview where you just refied, took the money, did it again, did it again. Why, why JV? What, what, what initiated that, uh, that thought process? Um, I think probably the partner kind of came first. Like we met somebody, um, that we really got along with that was really like had the same sort of values as us, um, and interests. And, and we were like, Oh, we should do something together. And at that same time, like 
qualifying, not qualifying, but like Jeremy would go back to school for his electric, uh, his electrical apprenticeship and then would be on EI and then, or would get laid off. Like his, his job was not secure or his, he would show mm -hmm. up as Canada EI, um, which is not great for financing, obviously. It's <laughs> no, so, a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of worked out well where we were like, not sure if we were going to be able to like get another one in with his EI showing up. Um, and, and we had a, a partner that we really liked and trusted. So it kind of just fell together. And then, and then I actually did um, coaching with Sarah Etter. So that's kind of where it really got pushed after that. So we did a, we had a first couple JVs already set up and then I started coaching with Sarah. Um, and that like kind of allowed us to focus um, our business more on joint ventures and growing that way and, and kind of making it more into a business um, and being more organized. Okay. So you didn't feel like it was a business before the JV though? I mean, seven I properties is already a handful, <laughs> especially in, in whatever it was, nine, 10 months. Yeah. I don't know. I feel after, after having coaching, I feel like we have more of a business. It's more mm -hmm. organized and professional. Um, like we have branding and other things other than just like two people doing real estate and kind of going for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like your branding. Do you have, is that a corporation? TJ properties? Is that, am I saying this right? Yeah. TJ yeah. real estate. Um, Sorry, I got to stop saying that. It's, okay. <laughs> it's, it's just a like Ontario business right now, but we are, in the process of getting the corporation set up. So, okay. Hopefully no one, uh, hopefully just do it before this uh, episode releases so that yeah, you have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it on in Corp pro online. Yeah. Um, yeah. We paid for the, like the business license. So we should be okay. Right. Oh, you should be okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, I think a lot of like my experience probably is more like been property management. So since my program kind of finished because of COVID. I was only part-time and a lot of my job then between March and now and then full-time was property management. Um, mm -hmm. really like dealing with tough tenants and like working. Yeah. Um, like I, I feel like I use okay. a lot of, go ahead. Chatham's its own unique uh, animal. What's it like to, to manage properties in Chatham? Yeah. <laughs> we, um, have, have some rough properties and some rough tenants. Um, but I feel like a lot of my like skills from school, from psych, um, and from like social services has been helpful, um, in like communicating with tenants, um, and not getting hurt. <laughs> um, kind of like, like some of the tenants could potentially be in a homeless shelter at one point, uh, or could still be in a homeless shelter in the future. Um, and that was where my placement was, um, last year. So I think, I, I don't know. I feel like that was kind of a benefit having experience in the shelter and working with people, um, that have like drug addictions and mental health, um, and working with their workers. So I think kind of one of the issues maybe people have is that they, just automatically like don't like these people or scared of these people um have negative views of them uh but if you can kind of work past your biases and and communicate with them like as a, as a person and be respectful you can kind of find solutions um and positive interactions even mm. though they might be destroying your house <laughs> well yeah that's got to be be difficult like do you have like an actual like give me an example of something you've had to deal with and um, and how you've disarmed it. Cause I know every city's different. They have a different tenant demographic. Obviously Chatham's a bit rougher from what J Jeremy has told us. Um, and from your experience. So yeah, give me an example of, of something you've kind of had to deescalate and you know, what's, what are the damages and how, you know, how does it turn out? 
Um, so we have a tenant um, who was who had he pulled a knife on another tenant in the building, um, was incarcerated. Um, so while he was incarcerated, we actually found out he was incarcerated because we went to do an inspection. And I, <laughs> his friends were living in his unit. Um, and that's how we found out that he was in jail. Um, and luckily, so this is a unit that like, I don't, I don't feel safe going to by myself. So I brought someone with me uh, for the inspection. And then there was all these guys in the unit. <laughs> um, but anyways, we just like, I think people might have gone in there um, maybe aggressive or calling the police right away, but we kind of just like had a, a conversation and, and talked to people, got their contact information, still did the inspection. Um, mm -hmm. Like everything was normal. Um, and then you can call the court. So I, I was calling the courthouse regularly to see um, if I could get updates and the, the court will help, will tell you basically everything that you, you want to know, like where they're incarcerated for how long, um, any, any updates they have in the systems. So I'd regularly be calling back because they'd have a, a court hearing and then, um, they'll give you an update after the, the, the hearing. Um, and eventually he is out. Um, we have an eviction on him. And when he got out of jail, uh, he called to, to let me know because um, he didn't have a key to his uh, unit anymore. <laughs> and honestly, like just talking to somebody like a person um, and being honest. So I told him that we have an eviction order or like the eviction started um, and warned him that he should probably start looking for housing and, and just being respectful and, and having those yeah. conversations and being honest. Um, so you're not scared when you go there or maybe you still are scared, but you can, you can communicate um, honestly and openly. And, and then you kind of have a trust and they kind of respect you a little bit more. Um, yeah. People always know when you're BSing them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just never the right move. Uh, no. I just, I think that it's like my, I look at my entire twenties as a, is just learning to be very direct with people. Like just mm -hmm. don't sugarcoat things. Well, I mean, be, be polite, but yeah. yeah. Well, you <laughs> but, frame it. Yeah. Yeah. Frame it well, but don't sugarcoat because at the end of the day, people, people smell BS and, and they're, you know, they're just, it's not going to work. So I like that you're able, like you're able to deescalate that. Now that's definitely something, yeah, you don't want to go by yourself uh, and, and deal with some of these potentially, uh, you know, dangerous situations, which that yeah. could be. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so you did that over the phone, I'm guessing. Yeah. That conversation yeah. was on the phone. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep those calls like that. Um, I, um, I guess like, so, so on the legal aspect, because I, I was dealing with this recently too. Like I, I don't get calls from tenants often. Cause I, I tell them, you know, email, that's how we, we do uh, repairs, but uh, I got, you know, a bunch of late night calls. Obviously I don't answer cause I tell them I won't answer at night. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm like, call the plumber, call whoever. Uh, yeah. but they're, you know, basically sublets from my tenants, uh, got a disagreement. Cops were called. Somebody got arrested to this day. I don't know <laughs> what happened. We're like, we, we need you to change the lock. I'm like, well, if that person's a tenant, I can't lock them out of the house. Yeah you know, did, was, was that this type of situation? Like it was two people in the same unit and you changed, you changed the lock? No, for that one, we couldn't even, um, sorry, the police. So basically we called the police saying that there's people in the unit that didn't belong there. And if the person says, I know the tenant, tenant give me permission, police can't do anything. So that's what happened. The police didn't do anything. And mm -hmm. Even so, I had even called the LTB to ask, and, and they were like, "Your best bet is to just start an eviction, and eventually everybody will get evicted." Um, so you did the N four because no one was paying rent. 
No, so they were they were paying rent um, because they have a trustee. So rent was always being paid. It was just more the danger, um, property destruction, neighbors complaints, lots of lots of other things. Rent was always being paid. Um, so, so how did you get the? How did you process the eviction? What was your claim to get them out if they were paying rent? Uh, because they, were pulling, they pulled the knife on the other tenant, so endangering other people. Was the N seven, I believe. N seven. Uh, oh, so yeah. obstructing others' enjoyment of the property or something like that. Yeah. So, and when you say the other tenant, like a tenant from a different unit in the building. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a fourplex. Um, so obviously, so that's actually one of the things too is we have. Um, so this tenant is still there. So this process is still going, and we have another lovely tenant who. Um, similar situation kind of dangerous and not uh happy to be there we're not happy for them to be there but um we have a vacant unit so one of the tenants moved out because they weren't happy with their living situation which is totally fair um or renovating but we're not going to place a tenant until these guys are gone because we want to just keep finding good tenants and we're, we know whoever moves in there is not going to be happy um and we yeah. don't blame them <laughs> well and you might attract somebody who's willing to take a lesser quality of living if you'll say yes you know what i mean like they're 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 the less discerning i would be with you on that and i want the discerning renter that wants a nice place exactly because then they're going to treat it better yeah so how, how do you see yourself overcoming this? Because obviously, you know, the demographic in Chatham isn't going to change overnight. Um, overnight. Did you inherit some of these tenants? Like these are yeah. inherited tenants that you're trying yeah. to cycle out. Yeah. Have you had problems with new ones you've placed? Um, our only problems we've ever had was our very first tenants we placed. Um, what, we got screwed out of one month's rent. They chose to leave. We, like, we did the N4 um, and they, yeah, they chose to leave. So it wasn't that bad. It could have been way worse. Everyone else since then has been really good, actually. Um, we, we kind of make them run through a lot of hoops. So it's a lot of work and most people don't even bother filling out the application. So that makes it easy. And Jeremy mentioned the last one, we've been doing zoom calls. So even, so now our property manager will go, um, and he'll do the leasing and he'll give me feedback on the people that went, um, and what they what he thought of them and i already have their application so i can see their driver's license and i can see their credit score and everything um and then if everything's look he says they're good and their application looks good then i'll set up a zoom call and kind of do like an informal interview with them um to get to know them to verify their application like what they said on their application is actually true um we like, always ask for like a pay stub or like some sort of proof of employment same as you would if you were getting a mortgage um so yeah, we've had good luck finding people that are good just yep. because we, we make them work for it. <laughs> You're doing the questionnaire online for the initial contact or no? Like, do you send them to a questionnaire? Uh, it's not a questionnaire. It's our, um, we have an application on Buildium. You can make your own application. Um, so it's so, they fill out a, like a full application. So somebody contacts you on Facebook Marketplace, you send them the application to, on Buildium and make them jump through the hoop. Yeah. That's a great way. Yeah. Just great way to just filter out the riffraff. Cause those who aren't like, I can't count how many people on Facebook say, you know, is this available? Is this available? They just click the <laughs> button. Like they're not even like thinking they're just tapping. Yeah. Um, so I always respond back with a link to, if you're interested, this is the request of you uh, yeah. to do it again now. Like, I, I mean, it seems like to a certain degree, the whole, the surround, you know, the, the feeling surrounding COVID seems to have changed a bit. And that, mm -hmm. you know, people are sort of a little bit more willing to go out and like look at stuff and, and re-engage. So, uh, but back when I, when I did my last one, it was, you know, right in the shutdown and, and I was like, no, like 
we're, we're going to have you fully lined up before you come see it. So it's really just a matter of, you know, do you still want it? And all four that saw it wanted it. So I think that's the way to go, right? Like if we can yeah. carry that forward and just not have people waste our time going to see a property they're not going to take or they're not serious about, that'd be better for all of us. And the more conversations I seem to have with really successful investors, it seems to be that they're doing things to weed people out early, which, so that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, okay. So you get pay stubs, you do, um, income letters kind of redundant. So you're just, you're pay stubs. Yeah. I don't trust income letters. They can be faked. (laughs) You got to know what to look for. Um, what about, uh, checking landlord, landlord references? Yeah. So after, if the application looks good, um, after I've done the zoom call and like can see them in person and get to know them a little bit, um, then I'll check references if, if I like them basically. And yeah, check landlord references, verify employment. Um, a lot of time we've had really good luck having kind of newer, younger, um, like couples or single people. So they don't have a lot of landlord references. They're kind of coming from home. Um, so sometimes the reference is like, Mm -hmm their friend or like yeah. people that aren't super helpful but even then you can still gotta feel like if their friend seems sketchy it's probably a good indicator that this is not going to work out um so even even if the reference doesn't seem like it should be helpful it, it kind of talking to them makes it you do learn a little bit more that's true because if you're trusting your gut and that person seems weird then you know that's good indication yeah that's a great point i i would see i typically don't call those type of references i just don't i don't find a vibe but I may, may reconsider that in the future now. <laughs> um, what was I going to ask you? Oh yeah. Credit. Do you check credit? We do just through their own. So they'll send like the credit karma or Burwell or some, whatever they choose to send us their credit score, um, through their bank. Um, I don't, I don't, maybe people have lied to me, but I've gotten a lot of horrible scores and like, they're being very honest. <laughs> Thank you. But, yeah. um, no. but are you just taking the score or the report? The score, or no, no, not, not the report, just the credit score, yeah. not the report. See, for me, like coming from the mortgage world, I want to see the report. I want to see every, like, because for instance, if they've never rented anywhere before, I'll want to see how, to, how have they paid their car or, you know, have they owned, if it's somebody who owned a home for a long time, were they always late on their mortgage? Did they have a bunch of late mortgage payments? Because people... I've heard it explained that people actually value their car number one because they can't get to their job without their car, their home number two, mm. and uh, and then everything else is after that. So they, they seem to prioritize things in that order. Mm. Um, so if I can see that they're paying their mortgage and their car well, then I have a good feeling that they'll they'll pay rent well. Yeah. Um, even if they have a terrible score, right? I don't care if their Rogers bill has gone to collections per se, if they're always paying their rent and their landlord says they pay their rent. That's fair, so. yep. Not to get off topic here. No. <laughs> um, okay. So when you grow so fast and speaking from experience and things that I've taken on too quickly, um, there are always things that were unexpected that you're like kind of banging your head against the wall a little bit and rethinking. Give me an example of something that, you know, surprised you as you grew fast that, uh, you know, you had to adjust to. Um, I think it's a Big one would have been like before we had Buildium that like kind of really helped us with our growing pains was just like you get emails, you're getting text messages, calls, everything from different communication and you kind of just get overloaded with um, different requests from different people. Um, and yeah, it's just like a, a lot of everything happening at once. You kind of get to like your tipping point where like I can't handle anymore or you're like forgetting things. Um, but switching over to Buildium kind of allowed us to 
like be organized. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that was basically the big one is just staying on top of things. Um, what yeah. about, what about bookkeeping? Yeah. Bookkeeping is probably like our, our weakest point. <laughs> um, last year. So my dad is an accountant. So last year my dad did our talk taxes and he was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's definitely something we still need to work on. Um, yeah. If you want to unleash the growth potential, you might need to. Yeah. Yeah. This is something that's difficult because the bookkeeping part for real estate investors is, is a, it's, it's fairly intricate. Like the, the steps you need to do, like I use QuickBooks online, but I mean, I know like the average person wouldn't necessarily know what to do right away unless they had like a little bit of instruction video, mm-hmm. which I've been working on, but that could be months and months from now. <laughs> so I, I wish there was an easier answer for that one, but I, I definitely do think getting into QuickBooks, like, is that what you're using or are you just doing like spreadsheet? No, we were doing Buildium or we are doing Buildium right okay, now. Okay, so it has bookkeeping on it. Yeah, you can just reconcile the accounts. Oh, does it does it connect to your bank account? Okay, so you're already getting getting that. So what's the problem then? Just too many receipts? No, I too many receipts. And we use Google Drive also. So for like all of our any receipt, Jeremy will yeah. upload to Google Drive so we can mm-hmm. see it. It's more like and something that we don't enjoy and we procrastinate and mm-hmm. that's yeah, it's just yeah. seems messy. <laughs> I wonder if you can get somebody somebody that worked like just 20 hours a week for you to just come in and kind of organize all that stuff for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what will happen. <laughs> we'll just outsource it. That's what I'm looking for. A mini me. I need, I yeah. need somebody that'll just follow me around everywhere I go and do. <laughs> Let me find one, train them and then send it over here. <laughs> send you one as well. See if I can yeah. find two. Yeah. Um, give me an example of something you guys are looking at. Like what, what's, well, actually before we even do that, what is it? that you're trying to accomplish here. You just started a new job. Is that in the long-term plan or are you looking to eventually phase out of that as well? A bit of both. So um, I guess like long, long-term, I think it would be interesting for me to kind of intertwine both of them. Um, so I work in a group home and there's, and it's, it's through an agency, but there's a lot of private group homes. Um, there's actually one in, in Mount, so we live in Mount Bridges. There's one down the street and it's a massive house that has 14 bedrooms. Um, so 14 people are renting, but they're also supported, um, through like PSWs and social workers and, and their staff in the house. Uh, so I think long-term it would be really cool to be able to open up a private group home and me to go in there and like get it started, have like, like, I guess your first one would just be like getting it figured out. And then once you have your systems in place to keep repeating it, um, and and kind of intertwine, like using my skills, but also keeping real estate, um, and keeping it as like an income stream, um, in in both ways. Okay. So be a little bit entrepreneurial with it, but kind of blend the two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you guys have, I mean, on this, I know Jeremy was, he was spouting off some very ambitious goals. <laughs> yeah. I think he, did he say a hundred properties or hundred <laughs> doors? <laughs> I don't, I, I listened to that recently. It was like, wow, <laughs> I don't know what he said either though. Okay. So something, something around a hundred doors, I think he said, which, um, I have, you know, I grew bigger and then kind of sold off a bit and kind of like tried to shrink down because I, there is a certain balance between quality of life and, and growing too fast. And I know you guys have grown really fast and done an incredible job with it, which is crazy to me, um, how quickly you've done it and you seem pretty comfortable with it. Um, so, so that's, you know, kudos to you. Um, but I obviously like, I'm a little bit more, um, reserved about growing so quick now. 
Um, do you see yourself still pushing hard? Like, are you guys looking to, uh, to double what you have? Like, I know you're at 11 houses now, which is 27 doors, uh, as you said. Um, do you see that, you know, being 50 next year, 75, or do you go all the way to 100 like Jeremy wanted? <laughs> <laughs> um, I see. So we, Jeremy, after I guess the last session with Sarah um, was like, get your goals organized and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we had sit, uh, sat down maybe a couple of weeks ago and talked about like what we want in five years. And we kind of made a map of like, these are the things that we want to do in like our life um, mm-hmm. within five years. So how do we be able to like afford all these things? Um, and it wasn't, it was not a hundred doors, but it was like um, getting six properties a year with joint ventures, doing a couple of flips, um, maybe wholesales. And I'm just having a few different forms of active income, but not mm-hmm. a number set on doors, but more of this is the amount of money we need to achieve our goals. Um, so yeah. yeah, like what is it? Is it like a monthly cash flow you're trying to achieve? Um, it was it was a combination of different okay. things, like having your active income and your passive income. And if if we sold all our properties or half our properties in, in five years, um, would we be able to do whatever? There's so many options, right? Like, I'm working with some some coaching clients right now that like we're working on a strategy to sell a couple of their properties and invest that in private mortgage lending and stuff. There's ways to create cash flow because their goal is cash flow. So that's, that's why I ask because everybody sort of has like a different thing they're trying to accomplish. Like hundred doors, I, I guess if your goal is, is long-term wealth, then hundred doors, you're going to be able to grow. They're all going to passively appreciate. So getting your name on as much real estate as possible does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because you guys are so young, right? Like if you're, if you're cool to just grind it out for the next, you know, 10 years, you can be infinitely wealthy, uh, when you retire. So, um, obviously there's, uh, there's many things to consider there. So it sounds like you guys are kind of in the middle there. You got some cash flow goals, got some growth goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to be able to like also enjoy our life and, yeah. and do things, have weekends off and you know. Are you guys like going to yeah. travel or you're more just talking like keeping it local? Um, before COVID, we would like to travel. We had plans to go to Thailand in like October or November. Obviously, that's not happening. Um, so for now, it's just like we'll go camping. Maybe well, like it's almost winter now, but we did lots of camping yeah. and just like traveling Canada. We'll we'll just probably keep it local. Um, okay. Until we can. Nice. Okay. So give me uh, give me an example of something you're looking at. Are you guys sizing up any deals right now? Um, so we had flyers go out. Um, honestly, Jeremy's been looking at, because he's in Chatham, he's been looking at a lot of the deals. So we had, um, a, a lady with three duplexes that she's interested in selling. So, uh, I guess Jeremy's kind of going back and forth, um, and agreeing, trying to agree on numbers. And then I guess we'll decide if, yeah. basically first, if we want to JV with them, if we don't, then we'll just wholesale them to somebody else. Um, okay. I don't, yeah, I don't have the numbers on those ones right now. Yeah. Do you have like, even just one that you've done? I know Jeremy gave me one. I think we did property number three that you guys bought on. Yeah. Uh, one, let's do a different one. Yeah. Do maybe one of the recent JVs if we're, you know, if you know roughly where your ARV yeah. is going to be. Um, yeah. I have some um, numbers ready for you. <laughs> oh, you came prepared. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so, people got tired of me putting them on the spot. So now people are, more people are starting to prepare. Yeah, we know what's going on now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this one was our first JV, um, with, it was with James. Um, so it was a okay. fourplex we bought, um, off market privately through someone in the network. Okay. Um, so we bought it for 225. 225. We just did, um, 
So the, the bottom, so it's a fourplex. It's a bottom mm -hmm. unit with three bedrooms, and then there's three one bedrooms upstairs. Um, okay, yeah. And the bottom unit was vacant when we got it. Before we could actually finance it, it was we had to put some renos in um, because it, it, like the appraisal wasn't gonna go through. It wasn't um, gonna work, okay. Yeah, because it was under construction. So we basically finished that, not fully, but got it livable so that we could get financing, our partner could get financing. Um, so we spent about 10 grand before we had even purchased it. Okay. And then after that, uh, so we got tents move in. So we got this June 1st. Then July 1st, we had tenants move in. Um, and then, so that unit was basically renovated for 15 all done. And then we did exterior work. So we had new driveway and fence, uh, soffits, fascia, window capping, doors, lots of exterior. Okay. Um, so totally we spent about 45 in renos. Okay, so yeah, I'm just gonna add this on here. So about 45,000 in renos. Mm -hmm. Some reason my spreadsheet is not liking me right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're in for about two seventy. Yeah. Okay. Did you have you initiated the refinance? Yep. So okay. the refi just came back. It hasn't officially gone through, but we got the appraisal back at three eleven. Three eleven. Okay, so not as sweet as the uh, the other ones you guys were. Uh, no. And talking about, but that's still a good win, right? You're still, you're still above what you have into the plays. Yeah. So, um, so you're going to be looking at 80% of that. Uh, yep. 80% okay. of that. Okay. So uh new mortgage would be about just short of 250. So 248.8. If that was the case. So your net investment is going to be your purchase and renovation less your new mortgage of 248. So you're 270 into the property and your new mortgage is 248.8. You're 21,200 net investment. Yeah. So we refinanced really early. We only did exterior in the one unit, but the other three units are still under rented. Um, so at turnover, like if we turn over a couple, if two of those units, we may try to refi again, or if we wait a couple of years and maybe get all three, um, mm -hmm. the property still has a lot more potential to increase cash flow and move over the utilities. So we're paying a majority of the utilities right now, but they're all separately metered. Mm -hmm. So we can get all those rents up and get it plus utilities. Yeah, that's that's something I want to dig into now, right? Yeah, because you only renovated one of the units. That's, and then obviously outside work, but there's tons of future value to unlock in that that unit or that yeah. building. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at the the building as a whole. So, um, current value is three eleven. Put that in there. Um, what are your rents on this building? Uh, currently, we're at thirty four five. No, $34.50. $34.50. That's good. Okay, so that's $41,400 a year. We'll just go ahead and put like a 3% vacancy on that or what, what would be? Yeah, we do 3%. 3%, okay. Uh, taxes there? Um, oh, I don't know. I had, uh, taxes in China are pretty cheap. Ball, ballpark. $3,000 a year. Does say $35 a year? All right, $35 to be conservative here. Insurance on a building like that? Um... I think if we pay like two sixty a month. Plus two sixty times twelve. Okay, so thirty thirty one twenty for insurance. That's a little pricey. Yeah, I, I actually really am not a fan of how expensive insurance has got over the last. Yeah. Uh, it's gone up so much. Okay, what do you figure uh, monthly for utilities? I know you haven't seen it in the winter yet, so you'll have to kind of do your best your best guess yeah. for an average um, on the year. Let's say like eight hundred. Eight hundred a month. 
Yeah, well, we've got, well, yeah, <laughs> let's be conservative. Because we've got gas, water, electricity, they're all separately metered. So you have the service fee on all of them. Uh, obviously not water. Um, oh, they don't do separate separate service fees on water? Yeah. Uh, no, so I only have one meter for water and then oh, okay. everything else is separate. Um, is that, that so you have other buildings where it's so 800 so that would be like 200 a unit in utilities gas and water or gas and electricity yeah that should be lots gas electricity that sounds maybe a little too conservative because if we do that for a year but you would know better than i uh 9600 a year sounds about right for that place sure <laughs> we've only owned it since june <laughs> but well, you have other you have other fourplexes yeah. right yeah. Are they, are they that high? Okay. We'll, we we'll leave that for now. Yeah. I, I think that that's potentially one that you're going to end up being pleasantly surprised if that's what you're planning for. Um, so lawn cutting, snow removal, you got that to do, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, that's like 50 bucks. 50 or, bucks a month? Let's say a hundred bucks a month. So. Yeah. I usually do that at 1200 a year. Um, and then miscellaneous, we'll put that in there at 500. Um, okay. So let's see how this looks for you. It looks like even in spite of that massive utility figure, <laughs> holy, I was expecting, I was expecting your cash flow to be a lot lower, but because you're, uh, because you're buying so cheap and, and renovating and being in for so little, you still have $1,680 a month in cash flow if you get a 2.65 interest rate. Yeah. I'm assuming you're actually going to do better than that. Do you know yeah. what? Yeah, the, like, our last partner just got 2.03. <laughs> so let's just say you got 2.03% on a 30-year amortization so you're borrowing two two forty eight eight hundred um that's going to work out to a 922 dollar a month payment which leaves you with 758 bucks a month cash flow yeah is that fairly normal cash flow for a property for you like your average um for a fourplex like we have yeah, yeah like because we have our, our one like our newest unit that was rented as a three bed is rented for 1500 so okay. that that makes a big difference yeah um, but generally if you're, if you're into something that's the market says is worth 300, you're expecting to see cash flow of, of, uh, you know, $700 plus a month. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the benefits of going to Chatham more or less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just hard to do that in London, you know, to buy anything for under 300 in London exactly. that's detached, <laughs> let alone a fourplex is, uh, is pretty hard to do now. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so when we examine this against your, your investment, so your investment here um, would be approximately, well, the net investment, not factoring fees is about 21,200. That's what we calculated after your refinance. So 21,200. So your return on investment here, um, if we factor in the, uh, the six, so I have, I have the calculation here. So $6,400 a month in mortgage pay down. That's based on my spreadsheet. Anyone wants it. Um, just visit my website and it's there. Um, you have annual appreciation. What would you figure? 3%? We're, yeah. We say like two, we're very conservative because Chatham's not, okay. it is, it has appreciated a lot in the last four years, but that's not typical. Well, and you don't want to bank on it, right? That's gravy yeah. if it happens, but yeah, 2% is like basically inflation. So yeah, if we yeah. say that, uh, so I have 6,500 in, in mortgage pay down approximately at 2%, that's about 6,200 in appreciation. And then you've got 9,100 in cash flow for a total return of 21,700. And that works out to be when you divide it by the 21,200, you're just over a hundred percent return on investment in one year. Yeah. yeah. Just bonkers that, numbers. Yeah, has has all. So this one we're actually really proud of because it's yeah. 
uh, well, it's an, a beautiful, nice yellow brick building. And we just did like black soffit and fascia, black capping, and we cut down two trees in front. Like it has a really nice curb appeal mm-hmm. um, and obviously nice cash flow. So <laughs> we're, this is one we we're really happy with. Yeah. And so is Jeremy doing that work too, by the way? Does he do the metal work on the outside of the building as well? No, we hire No, him. that party hires out. So yeah. I think I sort of got at it. Obviously he does a lot of the electrical. Um, he and his, and your guys will do the, uh, the waterproofing. He, I saw him posting stories. So they're waterproofing the inside of their foundations. Like you're doing heavy renovations. Yeah. These, yeah. these are not <laughs> small renos, but obviously that's where you get the benefit, right? If you're planning to keep it long-term, like, do you see yourself selling any of these properties? See, I'm like, Jeremy was like, Oh, we'll just sell. Like eventually, like sometimes we'll bring it up. Like, Oh, we'll sell this if we need to or whatever. And I'm, I don't like have any intentions of selling any of our properties right now. Um, yeah. I would prefer to just like hoard them for a while until we have some nice orange pay down appreciation or, or whatever. Um, and maybe sell it if we have to, or if we find a better opportunity, but we've only held them for mm-hmm. a year or less. Right. So it does kind of seem silly right now. Well, it's like, they're little uh, forced savings accounts, right? So you're paying off your mortgage and on this particular mortgage, if you get 2.03, that's, that's $500 a month pay down that you're getting yeah. to start, right? And that number grows from there. So after 60 months, which would be a five-year term, your mortgage is going to go from 248 down to 217, at which point you can refinance it and put it back up to like 350. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you're into infinite returns, right? Like where else can you get that? Right. No one's getting infinite returns in the stock market. I mean, it's not well, unless they can leverage it somehow. I'm sure there are some people that have figured that out, but uh, it's pretty hard to do, right? Like this is that, uh-huh. that, uh, that game where it's possible for, for most people if they dig into it. So yeah. um, any other things that you wanted to share about your experience so far in the first 14 months of being a, <laughs> a real estate investor? Um. So like, I guess one of the things that we um, learned kind of after, so Jeremy had said that OREC was one of the big things um, that kind of like pushed us. And uh, so like for our first house that we had lived in, in London, we had renovated it and refinanced and then sold it. But house hacking was a big thing um, that, was, that actually like really helped us and was something we were excited for. So when we moved out to Mount Bridges, um, we, we bought a house that had a, like a secondary unit on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has like a, this is the big house we call it. And then there's the little house behind, like in the backyard. Um, and we put that one on Airbnb and Airbnb went all over the place during COVID. So anyways, it, it worked out for us and uh, get an Airbnb guest who uh, requested to like rent the unit month to month. So mm-hmm. she's currently living there, but I think house hacking, um, allowed us to be more flexible. Like I think if we weren't house hacking, we might've mm-hmm. wanted Jeremy to keep working and actually have an income. Um, but having kind of like having the security of, of an extra income, um, it has been really helpful for us and allowed us to keep growing and, and have more opportunity. I, I really like that, what you said there. And I, I have to say how much I resonate with it because I mean, I think Jeremy enjoys what he does. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very like fulfilling and uh, if you can spend a little bit less and not need to trade your time for money, to me, that's a no brainer. Like I, I strongly value um, quality of life because I've done so many things in my life that I just like hated doing yeah. <laughs> like the work and jobs, like summer jobs where I used to work at a factory. Like I know what it's like to just like absolutely despise what you do. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I, it's not that I've been there in a while. Um, I haven't, but um, I just love the freedom. Like to me, like I run my own company, I, I take on as much 
or as little as work, work as I want. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't spend more just because I made more. And it doesn't sound like you guys do either. No. Like you make more. So now you're obviously house hacking. You're still working full time. So are you, are you guys still able to save on the personal side without touching what your rental properties generate? Um, oh, like a, a little bit, not nothing huge, but we definitely can still save. We're not, yeah. we're not hurting. We don't actually use any of our rental money. Um, yeah. you leave you know, it in the accounts. Exactly. We haven't used any of it yet. We just keep growing because we have all of our bank accounts separate per property right now. So mm-hmm. it's nice just watching them all grow. And if we ever need anything, it's, yeah. there's always money there for that property. Do you have like a threshold you're trying to get to per property? Like in oh, each account? Yeah. We would like to have 10 grand in each account. Mm-hmm. ideally. Okay. And have you figured out roughly what your, your uh, portfolio cash flow is? I guess on the first seven, those are the ones you own yourself. Like what, what do you have it at now, if you know approximate, and what do you think you can get it to just as turnover happens? Yeah, I think Jeremy just sent me a message a couple, a couple of days ago with it, like he must have looked at it while I was at work okay. or something. And I think we're at like 6,500 cash flow uh, currently. And I don't know, like, I don't, I don't even know our cash flow, we're just kind of keep growing. Um, I feel like you could just quit right now. Like you guys could find a way, house hack, you could live off of 6,500, <laughs> but then you wouldn't have any way to grow it, right? Like, yeah, exactly. cause you'd be spending and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like my job. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a waste for me to go to school for five years and not use any of my education. Um, oh no, I'm not suggesting that. Cause <laughs> it, if you like what you do, rock on, like, yeah, yeah. yeah work because you enjoy it. And then of course, yeah, it pays you as a bonus. Yeah. Um, but at the then, same time, it would be nice to not uh, be stuck to your hours, right? Like where, yeah. where I'm like, I had to send you my schedule for the next so many weeks because it, it rotates. Or it'd be we nice did that a few just, times. Yeah. It'd be nice <laughs> to just be like, look, I, I, let me know what works for you. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get you. I think, uh, well, you, you know, time will tell, right? Like you do it. And you know, if you, if down the road, you, you decide that you want to make a change, you'll have that option. I think it's just so critical, which is the big reason why I started this podcast. It's just like, people need to understand that it's very dangerous to only have a job because you never know what could change your employer changes their direction. They, you know, employees get laid off all the time. Um, it's like having your investment all in one stock, right? That company goes under, oops. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what you're doing is, is really smart. And like, I'm sure you guys are inspiring like so many people with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very rare. I, I didn't have anything figured out at 20, 24. You're 24 as well. 23, 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hadn't even bought my first property yet. And you're at 11 with joint ventures. So, um, what you're doing is, is crazy cool. And, uh, I really appreciate you sharing it. So thanks for, uh, for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. I'm hoping, I know there's that golf tournament coming up. I'm yeah. I got to follow up on this still. I still haven't asked, asked my wife about that date, but I would like to go. <laughs> yeah. I, you yeah. were making fun of my golf score that I was posting on. Yes, uh, I was. <laughs> Jeremy actually had a, a golf scholarship like out of high school. So he like really enjoys golf. <laughs> Is he a scratch golfer? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but, but golf's in the seventies. I'm assuming. No, I don't actually don't even, he's, uh, I, I'm not going to speak on it. I don't normally golf with him. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to ask him about it. Well, hopefully we can do that together. It would be really cool to chat further and then kind of get at what you're doing and maybe, maybe we can learn a little bit more from each other. Yeah. Any other final parting wisdom other than the house hack for our listeners and viewers before, uh, before I let you go? I don't know. I guess this is like a couple investing focus on communication. Um, it, that's probably like you, maybe your weakest point, um, because working with your partner can, can be 
tricky <laughs> when working with them in, in different in different situations. So I guess like just focus on communication if you're working um, in, in a relationship yeah. partner as having a business. Yeah, you guys get along pretty well. Yeah, we like we get along really well. <laughs> probably business. the business does not conflict, does not create tensions in the relationship. That's, that's probably the that would be our, our most conflict, I guess. Would probably be would be business, but yeah. that's. Because he, Jeremy <laughs> mentioned that he, he had to um, convince you to, to go down this road. You yeah, weren't yeah. on board with this. Not from the beginning, no. So, so what changed? And what, first off, why weren't you? And then what changed? Um, I guess at first I was more just like skeptical, uh, was more like risk averse, conservative, not, not really sure. And then I went to OREC with Jeremy and, and we were like, I didn't want to spend the $250 to go to this real estate thing. And, and then I went to it and it was like, wow, this is amazing. There's so many potential, so much potential and opportunity. Um, and that, and then just getting in the network really like opened my eyes and, and got me on the same page. Yeah. I guess like now you guys spend a lot more time with, uh, I think you spend time with Kellen and, uh, and Ange yep. and, uh, you know, just having people like that in your circles, obviously the way you think changes now, yeah. I'm assuming that had some, some effect on, on you and yep. what you've done. Yeah. There's yeah. a really big like community of real estate investors yeah. in London, which is nice. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. I, I don't get to go to these things cause I live far away and I, I don't like yeah. driving that much, but <laughs> I'm going to stop making yeah. that excuse. Yeah. Um, all right, Taylor, where do people reach you? Where do you want to send them? Uh, Instagram is uh, tailgene, T-A-Y-L-G-E-A-N. Um, just try to keep my clients off my social media. <laughs> okay. um, but then uh, probably our Facebook page is Taylor T J Real Estate. Um, that's where a lot of uh, posts and stuff are on there, but our real estate side specifically. Okay. Yeah, and I know um, the stories are really cool on Instagram. Uh, they, yeah, so it's Instagram. TJ, uh, on Instagram, Jeremy's Instagram. He's got lots of cool stories. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll include that stuff in the, uh, the show notes so people can kind of follow along. Thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Just a friendly reminder that the kindest thing that you can do if you're enjoying this content is to share it with somebody that you think it could help. I don't have a big marketing budget for this podcast. Everything is word of mouth. So your sharing this content means everything. Thank you again. I'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.